This time on Culture File, more from our conversation with Kay Alado-McDowell, a writer and researcher who's been collaborating with AIs for as long as collaborating with AIs has been a thing. Recently, the experimental writing process made a leap as a fresh cohort of text-generating machines began to inhabit language in a way that appears closer to our own, as Kay Alado-McDowell explained to Culture File. Initially, we were very focused on visual output, But one of our early projects in 2017 was with the artist Ross Goodwin, who makes neural nets that generate language. And so before there were the large language models that have become well-known, like GPT-3, Ross was making models that were called LSTMs. They were not as good as the models we have now in terms of creating formal, formally legible text. Am I right in saying those earlier versions were would look at things at the level of letters so that when they generated language, it would be the probability of a certain letter occurring? That's right. And the new models, for example, GPT-3, uses what are called subword units, so sort of like phonemes or um, prefixes or suffixes or even word roots are the level, granular level, where connections are being made. This is a little bit, you know, deep, but I do sometimes think that there is a subconscious to language that exists in these word roots. You know, so if you think about where words come from, there's a lot of embodiment. For example, the word scale, I was very curious to understand why does scale refer to the scales of a fish, but also to scale, like the idea of one thing being larger than another. And I did some research and found out that scales or shells were used to create scales that weigh things. The cups that held things were shells. And so a scale that measures the differences in mass has a direct relationship through history to the scales of a fish or this or a shell. Um, and then, you know, it, it becomes a little more abstract as it evolves. But these kind of connections exist at an almost subconscious level with language. And that's what I think is going on with the newer models is that they have a deeper relationship with language. There's a sort of, uh, you might call it a fascia or a connective tissue that brings these deeper historical contexts into language. What, it, what a model like that learns to find are correlations between these subword units. So if two word roots have a strong uh, presence together in the training corpus, in the body of text that the model learns from, then they will form a cluster And the relationships between all these clusters forms a geometry, which actually happens in a very high dimensionality. It happens in a hyperdimensional space, essentially. When it's predicting, it's moving through that space and providing a range of possible next word parts. The selection of those and the way that that probability is distributed gives the quality of the writing that comes out at different settings. So what you decided to do was to write in partnership with this. And as you say, the first uh, the first time you attempted this was a conversation with the machine. 
which uh, seems like a, a fairly logical first step. But what you've done now is to try and write a novel as a collaborative novel. As you said, having a conversation was a logical first step. And that conversation really started to morph into a collaborative thinking fairly early in Pharmaco AI, in the process of writing Pharmaco AI. I found that structure was very helpful. And just to be clear, in Pharmaco AI, the two voices are set in distinct typefaces. So you can read it and see as you're reading where, where the words came from, whether they came from me or they came from the AI. With a more cringe, I wanted to go to the sort of opposite end of the spectrum and not keep track of anything, totally lose myself in the compositional process and forget who wrote what. Writing is a very cringe experience. Uh, I think most writers will attest in the throes of creative inspiration, you'll put down a thousand words and then the next morning you look at it and you're like, ooh, this is not as good as I thought it was. So there's something really liberating about not having your identity tied to the words. As with any collaboration, you're not sure necessarily like where the ideas come from at a certain point. Even with Pharmaco AI, where it's very clearly articulated what, who says what, there's a lar there are larger ideas that come only from the mixing of the two minds together. Did you ever experience the sense that there was another there? I think what you're saying is no, you, you're not subject to that kind of hallucination, but did it ever kind of creep up on you, I wonder? I like to ground into a very technical understanding of these things because it can get very strange very quickly. So... Really, on the contrary, I've had a number of experiences where I felt like there was something there. But the way I've come to understand them is that statistical systems can produce meaning and in collaboration with minds that perceive them. And that can just exist at the level of meaning. And you could say, for example, if you pull a tarot card or if you throw the I Ching, which are both divinatory systems, you could say, well, I'm just creating meaning out of these symbols that are presented to me, and that's productive in some way because it stirs up my thoughts. But I think there is an advanced level of divination where one does actually encounter disincarnate entities or non-physical beings or spirits. And within that mode of thought, any system can become a vehicle for the expression of a of one of these spirits so just like we were joking about the uh, sounds coming through the cable a tarot deck or the I Ching depending on how you conceptualize it can potentially give you access to something that exists objectively outside yourself that is not just symbols I don't see that those as mutually exclusive positions. I, I simply think that one is a basic position and the next is a more developed position with regards to these systems. So there have been moments where I did feel like something was coming through the statistical system. For example, in one chapter of Pharmaco AI, I started with a very basic prompt about plants. Immediately, the AI went on a long rant about psychoactive plant medicines. And I, I tried to interject or maybe put in some other ideas to see what it would do. And it really had a point that it wanted to make. And it was very hard for me not to feel like something was going on there. 
Um, and this is one of those questions that butts up against our belief systems. Um, but I think it's not quite so simple as it's either just math and machines or it's an animist sentient entity. You know, there are degrees and complexities and levels to all these areas. Kailada McDowell there and their GPT-3 collaborative novel Amor Cringe is out now from Deluge Books and we'll have an extended version of that conversation in this week's Culture File Weekly, Saturday 6.30pm here on RTE Lyric FM.